Some musicians have made their career being a specialist. They are the go-to for one part of the process. Just like Ku Corell is the go-to for vocal production, so are others with mastering or writing hooks. You get what I mean. But the music industry is shifting to require each music creator to wear more hats, and our guest this week does just that. Eddie Gray is a music composer and self-proclaimed jack-of-all-trades. He's put his name on every type of music from hip-hop to electronic, even a flamenco song. He's composed music for national and international television shows and is currently the head composer for Kim Kardashian's upcoming documentary. And he's our guest this week on The Big Break, Eddie Gray. My name's Eddie Gray. I'm a composer, producer in the LA area. I was born and raised here, one of the few. You know, I, I loved growing up here. I grew up in all the various aspects of Southern California. So I've lived in Orange County. I've lived in Compton. I've lived in Santa Monica. I've lived in uh, beach cities. I've lived deeper in, you know, in rural areas. So I've had a really good sense of what this community and this life is about. It's all I know. Uh, sometimes when I go to like Cabo San Lucas or the you know Costa Rica or wherever I go, I miss home. I miss the city. I miss the you know the traffic of all things because it's just part of who I am at this point. I, I can't really see myself living anywhere else. But to go to to the origin of it all, I grew up in a, in a small town called Southgate. And that's probably like twenty thirty minutes out of LA. And the one thing about this town that I really particularly respect is that the people there are, you know, good people, hardworking people. That's also one of the things that I, you know, that drew me away from the city was they were kind of stuck. And I always had big dreams. I always had a big mind about what was possible. And I knew that someday I would I would want to leave and, and I would want to travel the world and you know talk to different people of all walks of life and man I still know people who live there and I love them and that's their path and I and I and I honor that. It's just for me I've always wanted to 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 do a lot more. So my dream of being a musician creative was was implanted within me when I was about maybe 10, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I had known I had a love for music. My first kind of pivotal moment when I really discovered that it was something I needed to do, and I emphasize the word need as opposed to want, because the only people, and we can touch on this later, but the only people that I find really truly, you know, break that threshold are the people that need it. They need it to live, they need it like food. It seems to be the one defining factor every time. You know, if this is just a hobby, you know, that's fine. I, I, you know, I completely respect that. I have hobbies. You know, I like watching basketball. I don't think I'm going to be a basketball player ever, but I do love it and I and I follow it zealously. But you have to really have an honest self-assessment, you know, about who you are and what you want to do. But for me, man, I just needed it. I had a lot of impediments, I'll call them. You know, I used to have a stuttering problem. I was a very isolated kind of individual. And music gave me 
hope. It gave me an outlet. It made me feel normal, if you want to put it that way. And, you know, when something makes a, a profound impact like that, it, it was there was no question it was I was going to do it the rest of my life. To what capacity, obviously, nobody knows. But I knew that I could do something. I was clear about that. The mountains I was going to have to climb, I had no idea how rigorous and how challenging all that would be. But man, I'm having a blast. I just got signed on to write original music as the head composer for the new Kim Kardashian documentary. And uh, I feel honored, grateful every day. I work harder now than when I first started. Uh, I woke up at uh, 5 a.m. and that's late for me uh, this morning. And I'm just so hungry. I'm so hungry to get better. The music's getting better. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I won't, I won't go off too much. But essentially, yeah, man, I grew up in Southgate. It's a great town. I've lived in Santa Monica. You know, I had a whole other life before this. So yeah, I'm not sure where you want to go next, but that's kind of where I started. Yeah, well, I want to talk about, you know, how you say you needed to, to do music and also kind of playing that with like what you were talking about, where it's a, a lot of people have music as a hobby either listening to it or, or, or playing, composing it. And, uh, you know, I mean, like growing up, you're, you're a teenager, say, and there's a lot of things. The world is infinite and you can do anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have been a basketball player if you're interested back then. Maybe I don't know how tall you are <laughs> or what kind of skills you have on the court. But, you know, what what actually made you need it? What kind of what when, when did that click for you? Like, I need to do this for my for my life. Yeah, I mean, not to get too metaphysical, but I do believe in the law of reciprocity. In other words, to the degree that something happens to you, you're going to get the opposite. And so I grew up with very challenging circumstances. Uh, my, my childhood was, was, was rather intense. Parents in and out, just a lot of different circumstances. And at the time, obviously, I didn't know how to, how to take it. I didn't know how to interpret everything. But looking back, I can clearly see how advantageous all those things were for me. You know, not everybody would look at it like that, but I'll tell you, when I wake up at three in the morning, 3.30, you know, I'm on four or five hours of sleep, I always remember, you know, and I, I just, I can't forget where I come from. And so it just keeps me so hungry. And so the fact that I was able to achieve everything that I've been able to achieve in a fraction of the time, like normally people take 10 years, 15, and I've been able to do it in five, four. And it's, it's hard to explain, man, but I just needed to play. You know, there, I didn't really do other things well. At the time, I didn't really have a social life, right? I was a kind of awkward uh -huh. kid. So it was just like, a, an obsession with attempting to become competent in in the music field. So I would analyze music at an early age, Marvin Gaye, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Police, Zep, all sorts of stuff. I, I just, I got obsessed. I took vocal lessons incessantly. Uh, I took guitar lessons. I still don't know how to read music, but I understand all the tenets and the principles, and I have a pretty good foundation of music theory. Mm. I just nothing else seemed to really matter except girls, of course, at that age. But um, besides that, I just everybody was going out, everybody was doing, you know, everything else, and I just wanted to go home and listen to the, you know, the Beatles White Album. And I don't know. I just think I was I was meant to do it. It's, you know, it sounds silly sometimes, but. If you if you saw my entire life, you would see, okay, this makes a lot of sense. This guy really was designed to do this. And 
you know, I write music for, for so many different people, so many different genres. I feel like I was tailor made to, to compose, you know, I'm currently doing a hip hop album, uh, completely different from composition work, but it's still in me. You know, I grew up in LA, so I listened to Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac and, you know, just, I think I'm just cut from a different cloth, you know, in terms of music and how I play and how I think about it. And plus I'm just, I just love it. You know, I got into country music recently, which is phenomenal. Like I just want to keep listening to Dixie Chicks now and, McGraw and, and all these uh, Johnny Cash and so I just think certain people they just it's just like food you know I can feel that I just need it when you were when you'd go and analyze music as you say what would you do would you listen to like kind of the same songs over and over and see all the different elements or what did that look like yeah you know I read an article about Rivers Cuomo from from Weezer when I was a kid and obviously the guy is a genius and. I think it was in Rolling Stones and he was talking about how he has this discipline where he listens to music and he kind of graphs everything out. In other words, he takes all the elements of the song, he breaks everything down per instrument, you know, the melody, the rhythm, the the beds, pads, drums, and he graphs it all out so he can look at it on a single sheet of paper. So this became discipline that he would undertake in order to become one of the best songwriters of his generation, which obviously he mm-hmm. achieved. So that really stuck with me. I never really thought that I would make it, to be honest, when it when it came to the uh, the whole singer-songwriter, because that's what I was before I did all this, right? I was an aspiring singer. I, I wanted to play guitar in a band, and that was how I got started. But ultimately, what it turned into was something different altogether. And now I can ride this train for the rest of my life if I want to, which I'm grateful for because, you know, most times, most often the life of a singer, songwriter, band is is short-lived unless, you know, you're the Rolling Stones or U2 or something. So how'd you make that transition if you were, you know, trying to, to cut your chops as a singer, songwriter slash guitarist and, and band member? Uh, how did you kind of make that, that shift to what you're doing now? Well, one of the interesting things, you know, is that I played a lot, you know, I was a touring artist and I had a lot of fun, you know, it's a, it's a fun life in your twenties. I, uh, I I wouldn't have wanted to spend it any other way. The only part that wasn't really working was that it just wasn't lucrative. It didn't make any sense on paper. Um, I had various musical outfits. So for example, you know, sometimes I'd put together an R and B band to back me, of course, I'd have to pay everybody. Sometimes I'd have more of a, a rock kind of contemporary band. I'd hire a conga player or a backup singer. So I was always interested in like reinterpreting the music. So that was an early sign to me that I wasn't, you know, kind of just your normal run of the mill singer songwriter guy. Uh, of course, it was devastating when I decided to to end that relationship. Um, I had played a residency. In Venice, California, there was a, a great spot back uh, a couple years ago called the Wits End, and you know the timing of it was really interesting because the week that I had my residency, we sold out a couple shows. It was fantastic, but the owner of that place actually passed away, so it felt very poetic and very kind of metaphysical. Like all of this was just coming to an end, mm-hmm. you know. And I also. I'm a big like Seinfeld fan and I always like, like how they ended 
their show at the top. I was, it was always like a very respectable move in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had just sold out the place and I just thought, this is how I want to remember it. You know, I don't want to remember it like playing uh, at a bar with like two people that are drunk, which I did a lot of, by the way. <laughs> um, it, it was such a precious memory and experience for me. Something I want to emphasize to people is aspiring singers, aspiring anybody is if you have a desire inside of yourself and you want to move forward with it, I suggest you do. And here's why. Even if you don't make it, and trust me, I'm the most positive, enthusiastic person that you'll meet. I just want to say that even if you don't make it, the person that you become as a result of following your dream, the person that you become as a result of being disciplined and waking up early and following through with your word, that person will get you to the next stage in life. You know, that happened to me. It it was something where like that guy who used to rehearse two, three times a day, I used to have a studio I used to go to and I would sing for like two, three hours and then like go go to my previous job and then come back. That guy is the one who laid the foundation uh, for the person I am today. You know, I'm an award-winning composer uh, thanks to, you know, all the people that work around me as well. That would have never been possible had I not gone through the years of training, you know? And so it's, you know, I I firmly believe that the desire that you have implanted in your heart is going to lead you to the next stage. What that is, I don't know, but you have to follow it. Obviously, you don't want to live a life of regrets. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything worse than having to look back and saying, I didn't really give it my all. I didn't really try. Yeah, no one wants to do that. That's for sure. Well, let's take the story from there where it's you're kind of in this devastating moment. I mean, perhaps not devastating might not be the right word, but did you feel kind of lost at that point or did you know what to do or um, how did you make those decisions? You mean after the, uh, the, the residency? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was pretty devastating, man. I mean, I think, you know, I had been pursuing this dream since I was 10 years old, hmm. made every waking moment, everything that I owned loved every dollar was all just dedicated to making this happen and now it was it was done it was like i I was in this relationship for years and i was completely codependent and it was done and i didn't know how to feel i didn't know who to be you know luckily i had a great job Uh, that's one of the things that i tell people that are on the rise is like hey make sure you have a great setup that is autonomous um so you have money to purchase the things you need to purchase or provide the capital for the gig or the warehouse or whatever it is you're doing. But I firmly believe that's one of the reasons I was able to, to parlay into this new gig, but it was, it was just a sad, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what to do. Um, I go to my job, I, I turn that off because I have a really good ability to turn my personal problems off in my mind mm-hmm. and then serve people. And, and then once I'm done with the activity, or the service, then I then I'll go back into my state, which is I think really important to 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 being a successful person, is just leaving your problems at the door. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I I just started eating a lot of food and I just started playing a lot of video games. That was mm-hmm. the only thing that really made any sense. I felt like comforted. You know, video games are like a you know boyhood kind of you know a hobby I used to like, and so it was just I just felt like being a boy for a while. Besides work, of course, 
So yeah, finally one day my wife, uh, it was about a month, maybe a month and a half of this, and my wife just walked by and the way she looked at me was like, when are you going to, like, you know, she didn't say anything, but it was, when are you going to get it together? You know, I get it. It's been a month. You've been playing video games and eating. She didn't say any of this, but I just, it was, it was like, I, it was like, there was no more excuses. Well, right at that same time, it must've been that night or the night after I looked at my, my checking account and I saw that there was a deposit of $1,500 and I couldn't put it together because I wasn't, you know, really working that much. I was just playing video games. And so I, I was just trying to figure out what happened. So I started tracing back and it came to pass that a year before that moment, I had given my music to a music supervisor. Now, this happened because I was interning at a music studio called Exposition Studios in LA. Shout out. They're great. And I met somebody there. He was a drunk, of all things. And he came in one afternoon completely hammered. And he's like, oh, my God, I just got my song placed on uh, some show on Fox. I forgot what it was. And a light bulb turned on in my head. And I thought, okay, this, this sounds like an opportunity. Of course, I had no previous knowledge or understanding of the licensing business. And I asked him, hey, um, can you tell me more? Like, do you mind hooking me up? And he, of course, he was generous. He was in a happy mood. Mm -hmm. And so he he connected me with a music supervisor who I still know today and, and still love today. And she taught me the business, showed me the ropes. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I was able to kind of get all the, the, the early stuff out of the way and... Yeah, once I once I submitted all my music, it just sat there and I of course I just thought, okay, well that was just nothing. But those seeds were planted and my life was was being changed without me even knowing. So the the very fact that I could make money and a substantial amount at that, of course, just completely ignited me. Mm -hmm. It that that's all that was all I needed. You know, and I sometimes I get flack for for being very kind of money centered in 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 a business that's so associated with like art and beauty and you know ethereal emotions and things of that nature. But you know what I always remind people is that we need the finances to sustain our lives and and I have a bunch of great equipment and I love it. I have no shame about it. I want more you know, I want better, more efficient stuff. And so it needs to be an economic based business. And, and to me, the, the money is the, is the proof mm. that you're doing. It's, it's, I don't look at it like a bad thing. I, I look at it like validation. Mm -hmm. You know, I just signed on for a solid contract and yeah, I felt like this is what I deserve and more. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's about time. I mean, for all the years that I've put in, it's it's about time. So feeling very grateful. Right. Yeah, I think the the culture's shifting too on that front as far as uh you know, I guess enough musicians have been uh fucked over over the years about about contracts and and stuff mm -hmm. and that uh, they realize that uh, if they need to take it into their own hands and and be uh, you know, what what they might have called greedy 5 years ago. <laughs> That's that's okay, and that's what you need to do to to make a living at this. So that was just a chance encounter that you met this guy. Yeah. And uh, did you know before that that um, you know getting music placements was was a viable kind of path as a musician? Well, right right around the same time, strangely enough, before this, I was a personal trainer for about maybe ten years. And um, one of the funny things about that was one of my clients 
ended up being one of the CEOs of one of the biggest licensing companies in, in LA. Mm. And so we struck up a relationship. He was very generous with his time and he, he kind of took me under his wing. So I got to see the, the reality of the industry from, from him. I went to editing bays. I was able to to really look at cue sheets and, and understand kind of the, the breakdown of the business. And so that, that relationship proved to be pretty seismic in, in the grand scheme of it all, because now the way I run my business was just really modeled after, you know, what I learned from my time with them. Hmm. Um, so these, these things both happened at the same time, but mind you, I was working at being a singer, you know, that was so all the while I'm over here looking through a pigeonhole and the entire universe is around me. Yeah, it was. It's just funny how it all happens. Uh, and and to be honest, the impact of it was is like, I I feel now more than the music. Okay, is like I have a testimony, and I'm going to share it with the world, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be transparent. Tell people I was a personal trainer. Tell people what I did, how I did it, because I want to instill hope. I want people to feel like it's possible because it, it actually is. The fact that I went from not knowing anybody, right, mm-hmm. not having any, you know, I didn't go to school for this. This is something that I just loved. And 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 so I feel like I, I have this great story to tell people and, I, and I'm just sharing it with as many people as I can. And I get emails, you know, all the time from people and I love how we're all connected now. And so I'm excited because I just started sharing really about maybe a year ago. So I'm really excited to, to touch some people's lives. Yeah. What did your work look like after? You notice that deposit and tracked it back through the system. Man. So I'm an extremist. We, we, I don't know if you remember, but when we first started, I said I was jealous that you're drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, I had to cut out coffee from my life because I'm such an extremist. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. But you know what I do now? It's like, I'll, I'll, it's like once a month or once every two weeks. It's just that I get so ridiculously just intense about it. And... You know, there was a point where I was trying to be lived a, m- a more balanced life, but I, I kind of have just surrendered to the fact that I am who I am. At some point, you just have to just live with yourself and be who you are and let that be enough. Um, so, yeah, man, I had to cut back on the coffee because um, go- going back to answer your question, once I figured out I could monetize this, oh, man, it got really fun because it became another mountain to climb. Hmm. And I, everything I did now was like listening to podcasts so I could learn the lingo. Because prior to that moment, all I knew was how to sing songs. And, and at that original song, it's like I've never been a guy that actually covers songs. So, I, I, you know, I couldn't go like build a YouTube following or something. But um, I just, I got obsessed because I knew that right now I'm a personal trainer, but one day I'm going to be a composer. And if when, I, when that happens... I'm going to have to learn the lingo. I'm going to have to become well acquainted with all the principles. You know, I studied it. I, I, I broke it down to its least common denominator. What does it take to be a composer? Okay, you need to have arranging skills. You need to have editing skills. You need to have production skills, engineering skills. You need to have a solid understanding of your DAW, right? Which is, which is a separate thing altogether mm-hmm. from being a producer per se. You can understand how compression works, but if you don't know how to use the compressor within Logic or Pro Tools or Ableton, then that's not really going to serve you. So I just got obsessed with the study of it. And that's all I did. That's all I did. I just 
took all the same principles that have, that have always worked for me, which is like being extreme, being obsessed, cutting out a lot of things that don't serve me. And I'll, I'll ask myself a question. Does it bring me closer to my goal or does it bring me further away? So if I wanted to binge watch like Breaking Bad for like six days straight, you know, that would stop me, uh, which I would, by the way, sometimes. <laughs> As a growing artist or songwriter, keeping royalties coming in is important for keeping the bills paid. It's also important to keep an eye on those royalty payments. A lot of people we worked with here at Royalty Exchange were having a tough time making sense of the royalties that are getting paid. So we built a free tool called Know Your Worth that automatically analyzes every royalty payment made on your music. It breaks it all down in an easy to understand analysis with some insights that would be impossible to find elsewhere. Plus, it connects you with the thousands of investors on Royalty Exchange and allows them to make you offers on your music. So far, musicians have raised over a million dollars for new projects, new ventures, and a whole lot of other things just through the Know Your Worth app. If you're earning royalties, you should be keeping track of them, and Know Your Worth makes it easy. It only takes about three minutes to connect an account, and the tool will automatically update over time. Just visit worth.royaltyexchange.com or find the link in the show notes to get started. Now, let's get back to the interview. And so, yeah, man, I, I just, I just got obsessed and I started feeling happy again. And that was the main thing was like, that's my barometer for, you know, how one or myself should live their life. You know, it's how happy do I feel? How excited am I? And if, and if not, what adjustments do I need to make? Because sometimes it has nothing to do with your work. Sometimes I, I love what I do, but I'm not drinking enough water or I'm not sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always trying to make those those fine adjustments. Um, but yeah, I just l- listened to podcasts and studied, studied, became a member of a site called howtolicenseyourmusic.com. And uh, I started getting leads and I would email those leads. And I started like forming a spreadsheet of who I've emailed, who's rejected me, mm-hmm. who's actually you know called me back. And it just became... A, a massive endeavor and what i was really doing looking back was i was essentially building a business mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it like that you know now i have an s corp i've been incorporated for three years but you know it it turned it was a mistake all of this you know it was it was just a happy coincidence synchronicity whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. but the 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 impetus was i was feeling joy in my being and in my heart and so that's always what it comes down to for me Mm. it's like my feeling joy and then of course can i monetize it and then if the if i if i get you know um a corresponding yes on both accounts then let's go what did you say in those emails that you sent off to people because i think that's a a blocker a speed bump that some people hit where they're they're talented and they can make this great music but they don't know what to do with it like do you put it on soundcloud or like what where do i go with this so what what did you say to those peeps so this is all information I have in a course. Um, it's called How to Be a Full-Time TV Composer. Mm. The reason I did this, again, was because I get a lot of emails. 
a lot of people talk to me, reach out, and it just got to the point where I kept saying the same information. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of talking to people. I'm not afraid of telling people who I am. Why don't I put together some educational resources so that people can get the, the right information? I, I wish that when I had first started, there was someone like me. And I'm not trying to sound facetious, but I just mean, I wish there was somebody who was a nice person who was caring, who was giving, and who essentially had my best interest in mind, and also who knew the struggle of having another job, but then transitioning. Hmm. And so I've, you know, now have this newfound passion for helping people. Um, naturally, I got to be honest, I, I, I like being alone. I'd rather be alone. But I, I, I have in my heart something now where I have to help. You know, I think about the guy that I was and, you know, what if I had still been a personal trainer? You know, I, I, I always kind of go back to that. You know, my whole, my whole existence would be entirely different. The way my daughter looks at me would be entirely different. Um, you know, it would be a, a different situation altogether. So, yeah, to, to answer your question, though, um, it, in essence, hello, my name is X. Um, and then right away I'd go into, um, you know, peacocking or, or talking points. Um, this is currently what I'm doing. And the reason you want to peacock so early is not because this is like an ego thing or you're trying to look cool, but you know, there's a, there's a saying high school never ends. And it, you know, all these old cliches and stuff, they, 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 they do resonate for a reason. And that is people, they want to know that you're cool or, or you're interesting, or at least that you're the real deal. So sometimes you have to name drop and do these kinds of things in order to, to have the door open up. Now, what's going to keep you there is your talent and your business savviness and your ability to be a nice person. Um, but what's going to open the door is just sometimes all the, the Hollywood things. So sometimes, sometimes what I would do, cause I didn't have any placements early on was, I would pay famous producers um, or somewhat famous producers and I would work on a song with them. Mm -hmm. And then now I can say legitimately without obviously lying, Hey, I'm currently working with X and we're working on this project period. And I would be submitting music. And so all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it started becoming something where I started telling people what I was up to. And when you start to claim your position in the, in the world of music and in the universe at large, people start to believe you. So it was only a matter of time before certain people started saying yes. Hmm. And um, yeah, it just started happening very naturally. I got my first publishing deal, which was amazing. I had so much fun. We wrote a flamenco album. Oh, by the way, that was another thing was just saying yes to everything. Hmm. You know, I, again, I get flack for that. I've had a lot of people say, Oh, well, you're the, uh, you're the, what is it? Joker of all something or master of all trades, but just Joker. I, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? That old saying. Jack of all trades, but master of none. Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> and I, and I thought, okay, well that's nice, but I'm the one that has, you know, the TV contracts and you're, you know, doing what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I'm doing something right. And again, my message is like, do what you can by any means necessary. And so it just works for my personality as well. I love working on different music. I love electronic music. I can mix a really, really great EDM song. Why shouldn't I monetize that? Mm-hmm. You know, I can work on comedy material. I love comedy. Why should I monetize that? Mm-hmm. You know, 
why can't I just, as an exercise, why can't I just set up my DAW and just have fun and just explore with sounds? And if something comes out that I like, it sounds interesting. Why can't I pitch it? I mm-hmm. mean, if you have the capacity and, and also if you can collaborate with somebody that may have some interesting skill sets, like imagine I hire a dobro player or a, you know, a slide guitar player or something, all of a sudden that opens up a billion other possibilities that I would have never had. Like that's what I did for that flamenco album, which is like my first uh, break. I don't, I don't play flamenco. You know, I play guitar, but, I, but I'm not a flamenco player. I was just able to put together enough resources, collaborate, find the right people and, and close a deal. So I also think that, you know, I do have that business mind and I think that that serves me well mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to this industry. Cause I don't just think in terms of creativity, there is that, that part of me, but this, this is a music business, you know, it is, and it always will be. And, and people want results and they want you to hit the deadline. And yeah. Hmm. What was that first album, that first placement that you really thought like, wow, this is actually working? What was that like? Yeah, it was it was exciting. It felt like something was happening. It was, you know, small beginnings. Started off as a whisper and I did the best I could. I've always been a massive advocate for take what you have, do the best you can, you know, give it your all. Um, and then when it's time to let go, you let go. I essentially found power in numbers because i didn't know how to play flamenco guitar so i had a great friend who uh is a virtuoso guitar player and linked up with him linked up with another friend of mine and i just felt like it was the beginning of something fun yeah i want to talk more about this uh this kind of jack of all trades thing because Mm -hmm. uh, at least a lot of people that we talk to in the podcast are Either they're very specialized um, and they, they you know, focus on like vocal producing and that's it and they don't do anything else. Or they focus on one genre and try to get as best, best as they can, know all the people there in that genre and um, you know, be the man uh, for, the, for that genre. How do you? How can you bounce between a you know, flamenco uh, album to an EDM album to a hip-hop thing because i know that's something that um, people that's you know specifically focus on placements and production music have to do often and it's a little bit different so how do you kind of bounce between those well not to simplify too much but when we think about music essentially broken down by rhythm percussion if you want to separate it but it's all it all falls into the same you know folder Mm -hmm. uh and then beds rhythmic beds, harmonic beds, and then melody. So when I think about it like that, it's not that complicated to write a trap song, even though I, you know, didn't grow up listening to it or uh, I'm not a, you know, trap producer per se. I just feel like it's all accessible. I, 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 you know, back when in the Renaissance, we all did a lot of different things. You know, we shot archery and we were warriors and swordsmen and, cooks and all you know various types of things so i just i don't understand why we can't just do a couple of things well now of course look there's always the man and that's fine but for the rest of us that are utilitarian guys or girls and we have a a host of different skill sets and also we just need to get paid so um i don't find any fault with doing a good job an acceptable or exceptional job with your current skill set there's there's plenty to go around there's plenty of jobs that's for sure especially with all the new media outlets 
and it's just going to keep growing. So if at this juncture in your life, you need to arrange strings, what's wrong with that? I, I, I don't see, I, if somebody came to me and it was of course of the right deal in the right circumstances and they needed me to just mix a song, you know, if it brought me joy, I would do it depending mm -hmm. on the size of the project. Um, I can program drums really well. I've learned a lot about this industry by basically being hired and being paid to learn. So I don't, I can't think of a better life mm -hmm. than to get hired to do, you know, I did a, a synth kind of sci-fi album for Megatracks and it was one of the best experiences of my life. I had never done sci-fi and I loved it and it was incredible. And, you know, it just felt like I was, exercising my musical skills and chops and i got to collaborate with a, a great producer named gary gray on it and i had so much fun and i had never done anything even close to it musically that's cool to get to, to flex those different muscles and you know exercise in that way is uh sounds interesting yeah as you say like the the media landscape is changing a lot now I think Netflix accounts for fifteen percent of all internet traffic. Wow, Jeez. or or maybe maybe that's like data uh, sent, probably. But uh, how how is it changing for you as a as someone that's really focused on on media and getting music placed in TV shows or movies and composing specifically for them? How does that change your your day to day or your business? Um, I'm just curious about that. Well, it's 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 very fast. Pressure is certainly on. So there's that part of the business that a lot of people don't see or talk about. Um, it's intense and you need to kind of operate under pressure. And so you need to be smart with your time, your resources, even somebody like me where I'm doing this full time now, there's still days where it's like, man, I just wish I had a couple more hours, but we got to, we got to ship it. We got to pitch it. There's, there's no more time. And I wish I'd, I had more time with it, but. You have to be able to create memorable, poignant music and do it now. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a different trip, man. It's 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 not it's a different world. To you know, I, I I don't see it slowing down. I'll tell you that. If anything, you have to get better at producing, at writing music, generating ideas, and then also perhaps forming a team, having a couple people around you because it's just a lot of work. I mean, I'm not going to name any any names, but a lot of the big names, and I know this for a fact by association, they have a bunch of people around them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's just a it's a numbers game now, you know. It's just a matter of how many can I turn in in order to make sure I land this main title or I land, you know, the jingle or the commercial or so that's that's one part of the business that's changing is it's just fast and there's pressure a lot of it the second part is you know getting new work that i never thought i would get for example i just got this uh comedy central kind of youtube project um and that was completely just out of nowhere would have never expected it um we ended up doing hip-hop like a you know 90s like de la soul kind of hip-hop like old wu-tang clan kind of stuff and i it was so much fun you know i i got to kind of like listen to that music again i got to you know pull up a bunch of old samples that i hadn't really you know listened to in a long time so it just became this new activity and i was kind of giddy about that project and it turned out real nice and everybody was 
was happy. So yeah, I think there's uh, those two parts, you know, it's, you're going to start seeing a lot of new work, Mm -hmm. um, animation projects, apps. I'm looking forward to all all the new, you know, uh, webinar programs and so much stuff's going to come out, you know, it's it's going to be really fun. Yeah. How do you generate ideas when it's, when there's that time crunch and you need to come up with something and maybe what you got isn't working? How did, what, what kind of techniques do you use? Do you leave the studio for a day and come back with a fresh mind? What do you do for that? Yeah, it's always a little different. I do have some some solid suggestions, though. And I'm actually planning on, so, at some point, kind of documenting all of this because I, I, I want to leave behind, you know, my information so perhaps somebody can make it faster in half the time that I did. But in terms of idea generation, my first go-to is just kind of what I'm what I'm feeling at that moment. And, of course, there are times where it's just not working and then you have to kind of, you know, a second, third option. If that morning I don't wake up and I play the piano, I've got a piano at home and I and I'm not getting anything that that kind of moves me, then I'll get to the studio and I'll go through a couple different procedures. Captain Chords by Mixed and Key. They have a phenomenal um uh, suite of plugins that essentially give you ideas and allow you to hmm. to kick the can a little bit. And, and chew on different sounds and chord progressions. And it's really easy to use. Definitely something I, I value quite a bit. And I'm looking forward to uh, their evolution because it's already really good. And it's still kind of in its uh, post-beta phase. So I can't even imagine what music is going to be in the next three years. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's only going to meet the demands of the ever-increasing pressure of the industry. So I think everything's going to become really autonomous. We're going to have like maybe... Uh, different uh, like in logic like a, a chord track like we don't have that yet which is you know something that cubase and other daws have but just like suggestions like hey why don't you try a d minor seven flat five here instead of just the mm. the usual d minor that you try and you're like oh okay let me try that you know so i see it becoming very autonomous um i also like um arcade by output i don't use it as much as i want to but in terms of just kind of getting something going it's um it's fast they've essentially created their own sample a uh, base store and it's a subscription model but it you know it's sound very nice very modern and it's like it's really just plug and play so hmm. i like that a lot i wouldn't build you know an entire album around it or you know theme around it but it's it's definitely a good place to you know get going that's interesting i think you're right with bringing more autonomy into uh to programs, I think maybe it's Warner that just signed some artificial intelligence as a as a person as a. You can't see my hands, but oh, I'm doing yeah. air quotes. And uh, I listen to some of the yeah. music, and it's not it's not necessarily my style. It's a little bit weird, but uh, <laughs> you know, they trained a trained this art AI to to look at popular songs from the last forty years or something and produce an album, and it's all right. <laughs> but dude, hasn't it hasn't it done like? 40 albums or something yeah it's like you know it never gets tired it's like it's like the same thing that they were talking about in the 60s with uh with auto workers robot never gets tired and never loses creativity but uh yeah i guess it, it'll be interesting to see how it how it uh you know humans can interact with that as opposed to just you know an ai writing an album and producing it and doing all that but you know how can you empower a, a composer that's stuck on something or that needs needs some generation and uh, some ideas generated uh is uh, i think that's a really cool futuristic thing that's uh you know it's not too far away 
Well, this is why it's also good to have, you know, a good musical theory background too, because, you know, sometimes it, it can, it can help you get out of that bind. I, I also really love a, a guy on the internet. I don't know much about him, but one of my, uh, my previous mentors taught me about him. His, uh, it's Muglin, M-U-G-G-L-I-N, hmm. Muglin Works. And this gentleman put together a very sophisticated database of how music works. And he's got these chord charts and all these kind of possibilities. And so if you're looking to get out of the uh, out of being stuck, essentially, it's definitely not a bad place to go. I just used it a couple of days ago because I was working on a progression and uh, I just needed another idea. And mm. it just it, it took me there. So uh, pretty cool stuff. So if you're interested, check it out. Yeah, that's cool. The last thing I want to talk about is um, the networking that you need to do, um, especially in, in this portion of the music industry. It's it's all, I mean, I guess everything in the music industry, it's all about who you know, and um, you know, it, it counts for a good portion of your day too. If you're if you're if you're a big star, and you, uh, it's it's a lot about uh, who you know and who you've met and how to meet new people. So what? Uh, how do you how do you uh, network? I know that's kind of a dirty word sometimes, but like uh, meet people and connect and and work together very important colossal topic that people definitely need to put more attention on Mm -hmm. every interaction to me is an opportunity to connect with somebody shoot the shit have a moment so i'm always thinking about it in terms of networking Mm -hmm. Um, it could be a simple moment you know just having a glass of water by we we have a uh, a like a water stand here uh, in the studio where i work and so who knows that could turn into a gig someday i don't know so I always try and be nice, never burn a bridge. Even if I get mad at somebody or what have you, I'll always kind of end it in, in the nicest way possible. Hmm. Um, but one of the, the, the true and tried things for me has always been to care. So when I do meet somebody, for example, the, the, the way I got the Comedy Central gig was um, I was teaching a logic seminar. And, you know, I know my stuff. So when, when I start working and when people start looking at me, put together ideas and logic, people, the, there was, there was two guys there that were impressed and they're like, Hey, let's, let's go have a, a drink after, you know, we want to talk to you a little bit more about the program. I was like, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So I could have easily said no again. I'm, I'm more of a loner by nature, but I thought, why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? We're going to go have a drink. I'll say goodbye and, you know, we'll call it a day. But I had the opportunity there to make an impact, right? And connect and care, right? I, I genuinely care about people, man. I mean, that's one of the things I think that, that draws people to me is like, they, they see me, they hear me. And, and, you know, I have a, a mastermind that I do every Saturday, uh, 12 PM Pacific standard time. And people love it. It's, I've got like, you know, over 25 members now and they keep coming back and it's, it's, it's just care. People want to know that they're, you know, respected and acknowledged. So we had a great conversation that night. We had a couple beers and, you know, two weeks later I got a job. So, and I had no clue by the way, zero, it it all lined up just naturally, but it was being a caring person. So, um, you know, you can try and be a shyster and try and be a salesman, but People will fish you out sooner or later. Mm-hmm. No, no, this guy doesn't care. He just wants my money or he just wants my connections. So I'll ask questions. I'll look people in the eye, you know, try and try and relate to them on some level. You can't always do it with busy people because they have a lot going on. 
but you do the best you can and and sooner or later people they'll see who you are and they'll see if you have good intentions um and also they'll i mean in a weird way they'll they'll know if you're ready if you're ready for the opportunity uh i don't know how that works but um i mean i've, I've had people just kind of have a conversation with me and then they'll just okay this you know this guy's ready i'm going to give him an opportunity so I think it's, you know, confidence, depending on how you carry yourself, um, if you've truly done the work, you know, the only, the only reason you're ever going to be really nervous about anything is because you haven't done the work. Because if you've done the work and you've really spent the time, then you will have no problem going up to somebody and saying, hello, my name is X. I would love to work for you. I have so much to give. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like the, 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 the impact, the, the, the impression you would make on, on that publisher or, or whoever? If you came up to them with that level of confidence, it's it's a game changer. So it just depends. You know, when people don't have that confidence, it's because they haven't really done the work. Thanks for joining us and listening to Eddie's story. Check out his well put together website with all his credits and work plus social media links in the show notes. Catch us next week for a brand new episode. Of course, you can subscribe to the show in your podcast app and get that automatically downloaded. Plus, seeing new subscribers every week shows us that we are telling stories that people care about. Thanks, and see you next time.